everybody, and welcome to episode 346 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, new for 2019, who is coming to you from the <laughs> your name here, whatever, Memorial Studio. Oh, 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 triumphant return of Chris Santista. So good, he didn't come up with a nickname as he chugged a Coke. That's pretty good. Oh, hi. Hi. And, hi. and I, stole, uh, I stole some Cokes from my parents. I buy those little Cokes. That was two sips. Who buys these? Oh, yeah. I've never understood those. This is Matthew, technically still the new guy, Alan. Those are child you should hurl these. These should be hurled during a riot. Not, no. Not you know why those are amazing? They make me feel like Andre the Giant. Every uh, time I hold one of those cans, I just realize uh, that's uh, exactly how he fell. And special guest. And special guest, hey. Leif, thank God 2019 is over. Johnson. Almost, yes. not quite. We've we've still got a little bit of this to ring out. Don't remind me. Yeah, they're still releasing games. Oh my God, what, what are the hell's wrong with these games? people? And they're good games, too. <laughs> Don't they realize we're podcasters and we have to do Game of the Year things? Yeah, they should just be churning out crap at this point. Just last-minute <laughs> holiday gifts, not good games that everyone wants. Come on. I know. Don't they know we already recorded our Movie of the Century podcast? Yes. Like We didn't even wait for the last two weeks. We can't put out Century. a new Movie of the Century. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun show tonight. Um, in order to get into the end of year spirit, our game of the year show is coming up in a couple weeks. And in the meantime, we thought that we would take a look not at our favorite games of 2019, but at our favorite characters, or at least my favorite characters. <laughs> right. Well, well, Michael, as we all know, it's not about the video game podcast. It's about the new friends we make along the way. Yes. That that was the real video game podcast. Was the, friends who, the real Vidge Game Apocalypse <laughs> the friends was the we friends made we made along, along the way, way and also the actual apocalypse during which we play Vidge games. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. It's happening, folks. It's happening all around us anyway. <laughs> We've got some fun new releases to talk about. We're going to get into some Mech Warrior, some Super Liminal, some... What was the other Super one? Super Mashup Games? I forget what it was called. Super Hot. Uh, Super Mash. Is Super Mash. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for... Okay. That's, that's a that's, that's a real it's, it's several games <laughs> it's it's whatever game you make of it as we will talk about during the releases ah, yes we will we will dive into our favorite characters of the year right after this would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time it supports not only this show but all the rest of the laser time network you'll get commentaries play games with the hosts see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time speaking of which here's a quick taste like i just saw the tv movie of it for the first time, like a few years ago, never seen it a before. TV movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you oh. obviously didn't rent it when it was on VH, like two giant VHSs, because it was it's really long. It was aired over two nights in like 1990, and that's why it's like it, it's at some at times it's like a really straight horror movie, then other times it like really pulls its punches because it's airing on like ABC or some shit. And yeah, that, no, yeah, that's where I would always watch it. It would just play on cable TV. Yeah, and and. And I saw that, and I was and and I was like, I really like this, except for the adult parts. Why is that there? Yeah, that was, yeah. So when I found out they were splitting the movie in two to the adult parts, I'm like, that's a terrible idea because like this is this is the dumbest part about the entire story outside of yeah, the, the kid that, orgy it, in the book. Yeah. So watching chapter two, I mean, I like Bill Hader, yeah, <laughs> but. The pacing sometimes felt off, and it wasn't really scary. Oh, and, le- and let me say this. 
I walked out of that movie and still think I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I had a great time. Oh yeah. I, I grabbed yeah, I mean, my like, friend's arm, his his son's arm. We had a great fucking time. But when I but I also on further reflection, I'm like, was that terrible? And was that a horror movie? <laughs> it was and, not good. It was fun. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? The best new characters of 2019. Yes, according to us. Or according we're talking about Super Mash Liquor. That too. We can we can get into that in the second segment. <laughs> Super Mash, for when you just want more of... Hawkeye and Radar, yeah. Super Mash. I'm 16-bit now. <laughs> that was his Alan Alda, folks. It was. It was bad. It sounded a lot like my Howard Stern. Uh, yeah, go, going over favorite characters that were introduced in new games this year mm-hmm. and realizing, like, I, I definitely have some types here that yeah. uh, we will explore beginning with... Number five... Have you ever killed Nazis before? Listen, ma'am, we were born to kill Nazis. <laughs> Tonton Stajak, born to kill Nazis. We ain't kill no Nazis. All right, Arthur, they don't need to know that. Very well, then. I may have an assignment suitable for two Nazi killers such as yourselves. Oh. Ah, yes. The protagonist set of twin siblings mm-hmm. from Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yes, Jess uh, and Sophia Blaskowitz. Yeah. And the reason I said protagonist is because I had a favorite, but they were antagonists from Far Cry New Dawn. Ah, yes. Yeah. They, they were also pretty good. The twins. The twins, mm-hmm. yes. As they were known. The, the leaders of the highwaymen. But you got to spend a lot more time with these twins. And I think the best appraisal of them... Well, like, before I get into the best appraisal of them, you know, they, they, they really tried to flesh these characters out mm-hmm. like it would have been easy to just say like yeah they're the kick-ass daughters of bj blaskowitz they're tough as hell they're gonna just kill fucking nazis hell but yeah. they they spend a lot of time at the beginning of the game just kind of detailing like how they were brought up back home in texas liberated america they sort of develop one of those secret twin language things where they just start talking in in jokes and in their case it's a series of books that they like about these two guys named arthur and kenneth Screw this. They won't look for him. No one ever does anything. Losers got... No, we gotta do something. What what, what would Arthur and Kenneth do? They're characters in a book, Jess. I know that asshole. I'm thinking out loud. Arthur and Kenneth is actually a reference to Arthur Kenneth Blaze, or Blaskowitz, the father of Commander Keen in the alternate universe where Commander Keen exists and the Nazis presumably didn't win World War II. But, uh, yeah, their, their dad disappears... And they discover a secret compartment in their attic, and uh, they get a lead. That's your lead. He's in Paris. You know, if we say something, they aren't going to do jack shit. Well, I guess it's just up to us, then. I say, what time is it? I think it's time for Arthur and Kenneth to illustrate this sticky wicket. (laughs) Fuck yeah! (laughs) You guys are weird. 
<laughs> Language Blaskowitz. So yeah, so that appraisal I was saying earlier, I think it was Dennis Farrell of something awful who described them as female Beavis and Butthead. That is yeah. absolutely one hundred percent what they are. That whole game is just them bantering about e- about what's going on and and uh, laughing at each other. But before that tone is set of just like gleeful, we're going to massacre the fuck out of everything. There's a lot of hesitance, like. Like they said in that first clip, they ain't never killed no Nazis before. And the first time that they do have an opportunity to kill a Nazi, they get really scared. Man, are you crying? I'm about to fucking cry. I'm a little nauseous is all. You could have flaked out on me? Hell no. Well, let's go then, little Miss Blaskowitz. Just do what Mama and Daddy would do. And uh, Jess, the, the dark-haired one, attacks... The Nazi with a shovel, and he gets the upper hand and points a gun at her. And uh, just when you think the shit's about to hit the fan, his head explodes. Yeah, I love the uh, the German pop music in the background because it's as if Germany has taken over the United States yeah. in the 80s. Well, that's that's also one of my favorite bits of world building with the Wolfenstein series is that it's not just, well, the, the Germans took over. It's like, well, what would society look like if they had reshaped it and yet had allowed certain kinds of art to flourish? Right. So much sausage everywhere. Yeah. So, like, we get we get German Beach Boys, German Beatles, and... Uh, <laughs> But but all restructured around Aryan ideals mm. and fealty to the state. So, Michael, when you say you have a type, is your mm-hmm. type Beavis and Butthead? Uh, <laughs> well, as as you will see in this, my type is uh, Texan badass women. Uh, and uh, Oh, I know what else. And twins! <laughs> I thought you were going to say twee sidekicks, which is also no, true. No, man, and twins! Chris gets the reference. Loves double mint gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Definitely sounds like one of the sisters is leaning into the accent a little bit more than the other ones. Yeah. So, so, so Leif, as a Texan, mm-hmm. what's what's your take on their accents? Like, how how much can you tell if they're faking? One, there's one. Like I said, they're, they're, you can just listen to me and see how mm-hmm. well I'm doing. But uh, one of them. Uh, I have this thing where when I hear another Texas accent, I slip much deeper into my sure. own. So, yeah. like when I went to home for Thanksgiving, it was oh shoot, so that's one reason I'm coming kind of back to that. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's fine. It's kind of like uh, they're uh, yeah, you, you know, it, it kind of has that more modern one where they're you know they speak kind of like you know. Not quite a full accent, but it's there in a way. Mm. And I like mm-hmm. to usually think that that's the way that I am. But, uh, hmm. Yeah. It depends. Right now, it's coming Whatever through. You say, but... man. 
Yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But it's not, you know, I can tell one where it is probably is fake, but it's not as bad as some yeah. are. Yeah, mm. yeah. My favorite part about that was was her retching and throwing up after killing one Nazi in, in yes. a game where you yes. then proceed to kill thousands of Nazis well, right after that. As, <laughs> as you know from any popular fiction, you only get sick after your first just kill. The one, yeah, every, every, the one. Everyone after that is easy. Yeah, right. Yeah, you just got to pop your cherry first. But uh, but I love, I love, love, love the that that take of her vomiting and going like the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely sound like they might from from east texas i'll say that, mm, so. yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I, I found this game super fun it, it has one flaw and that is that the the, the checkpointing oh. is that like you you kind of like you and your co-op partner have a certain amount of lives and once you run out it's just like Okay, we're just going to kick you back to the start of whatever area this is. So, like, if you are on a boss and you get killed, it's like, oh, well, do the whole mission over now. God, I hate games like that. (sighs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going through a bit of that on control right now, actually. Oh, oh really? See, I, I yeah. never got to play that, and I, I, I hear such great things about that. I, I just feel like basic game design nowadays is you put a checkpoint right outside the boss room. Please, yes. please yes, do that. Yes, Those always do souls. <laughs> yeah. Even if I'm just gonna. Why is every game the first Mega Man? Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if I'm just gonna throw myself at the boss over and over again for the next five hours, just put a checkpoint. Yeah, don't make there. me walk through those three hallways. There's no, mm-hmm. there's nothing in those mm-hmm. hallways. Anyway, well, I did say my other type was twee sidekicks, and uh... number four. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm just I'm looking for someone. No, not you. I'm searching for a, a Jedi. I think. Hold on. You know the Jedi? What do you know? Wait. Hold on. How is that um, only number four? Oh, it's ba- Baydroid One. Is this what this is? This is ba- it's a uh, B.D. Wong, famous actor. Uh, uh, B- B.D. One. I just keep wanting to call B.D. Wong because I love him on Mr. Robot, which is also a show about robots, I presume. But no. Uh, B.D. One is the... called droids in this universe, Michael. I knew. Droids. I knew. B.D. One is the tiny little droid that you meet at the beginning of Jedi Fallen Order yeah. and yes. he quickly becomes absolutely indispensable. Hey, BD! Help, please! Stim, BD! <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he rides on your back, he dispenses healing items and the lights on the back of his head reflect your, your health level. He gives you a map, too. Yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, he's also... One of the most adorable little tiny droids. He looks like a cross between the batteries not included mm-hmm. robots yes. with yeah. perhaps, let's say, Johnny Five Ed, or the robots or the droids <laughs> from Star Tours at Disneyland. Yeah. He's kind of yeah. got a little bit of that going on. And he's kind of got the personality of a very enthusiastic terrier who's also extremely smart and understands English. <laughs> yes. So we were talking about a little it bit. Is a droid, he's a droid you wear like a parakeet. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. We were talking a little bit of this more, you know, like I had my skepticism about where, you know, that Disney and, you know, the Star Wars franchise had planned, you know, all the craze over the Baby Yoda and stuff like this. But the very fact that BDO1 exists, it's almost like, yeah, we're going to lean into this little cute sidekick thing, you know, in a way that we haven't quite before. I mean, there was R2-D2 and stuff, but this, this is, you know, it is cute. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to say also that I like, you know, you were saying how indispensable he was. Mm-hmm. I like that in case you forgot about that, they take him away for a mission. Yeah. And so you actually really miss BDO1. Yeah. Well, it's BD-1. sort of like, have you ever had to 
take your phone to get repaired and you're without your phone for yeah, a day or two. That's a good point. It kind of felt it. like that. Like, <laughs> like, oh God, here's this thing I didn't even realize I missed and I super missing. Now. Where's my Google Maps? I did. I remember it was when it was when I was in the car and my SIM card died and like, oh, that sucks. I'll look up a local AT and T store. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to kill that reflex. So I had to find a pull into McDonald's and log into their Wi-Fi <laughs> world. Oh, no. But I, I, I don't know if I'd even remember this character's name, but it's like he says it every time he refills his health. Yeah. BD1. BD. You know, you're right. It was funny when I, I saw that on there. I And uh, I didn't realize I, I could not remember his name. I, I felt bad. I can't want to say BB, but, you know, that's mm. the one from the actual movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's a really good point. That as cute as he is and as essential as he is, I didn't remember yeah. his darn name. Well, I, I'll never forget because it sounds so much like BD Wong. So. Yeah, <laughs> And that, right. Diana walked in while I was playing it and, like, BD1, Stim, is, did he just say BD Wong? <laughs> <laughs> he did. He loves Law and Order, this guy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I love that Diana Diana understood the droid. It makes her truly part of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, stay positive, BD. The, the Jedi whose trail you're on doesn't even know how right he is. In this droid, you will find everything you need to succeed on this journey. Mostly a bunch of stims. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of drugs in this droid. You need them all. We must differentiate ourselves from flasks from Dark Souls. Please, (laughs) say what you're using every time. Call it a stim so we don't get sued. Don't worry, it's not addictive. (laughs) It's the cheapest drug there is. Reality stim, man. Every time I I think of stim, I think of the drug from Robocop 2. Like like this little tiny thing you crack open. Nuke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nuke right in your neck, man. It's a good thing that Cal Kestis, like old Jedi, is a highly, highly accomplished droid mechanic. Well, this conflict is busted, but this should help you get moving for now. Okay. Try that. Yeah, go hop around and be adorable. I, I will say that I love is, that the camera goes behind his back when that's happening, mm-hmm. so you yeah. can't see what he's doing. It is ridiculous that I can no, barely... No one, ever com- no one ever complains of in the midst of, like, Ray is such a Mary Sue, and, like, everyone in the Star Wars universe knows immaculate droid repair in multiple languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. They're clearly more adept at learning things than we are. Meanwhile, I can barely change the batteries on my TV remote, and these guys just yes. robot repair comes... Oh, you, were, you weren't... You didn't have parents? You were an orphan? You know how to fix every droid mm-hmm. in the world? Yes. You can, and you can fly a plane. You can program yeah. your own yeah. droid. I don't understand why they, like people single out one or two new characters like, this has always been the way. Mm-hmm. And you're on this remote planet where resources are scarce and everything. There's no Amazon and ships stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I got everything on hand. It's just, you know, it's just like kind of like the Mandalorian when he put that ship back together. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, it had been torn apart by a crew of Jawas. And they didn't even help him put it back together. He had that Nick was the Nolte. most extreme. <laughs> he had Nick Nolte, guys. Come That's on. True. What he else did you need? Nolte. It is known. But meanwhile, that's one of the things I think I think we always kind of liked about the Star Wars universe and why we always compared it to the Old West is because everybody has an old-timey trade skill. Mm-hmm. It was part of survival, knowing how to speak droid. And I, I also like that I think the new Star Wars movies made droids a lot cuter. Yeah. And like, yeah. Sure. I, I just never picked up on that as a little kid. I never found R2 was always one of my favorites, but I never found him cute. I found him vital. And from a storytelling perspective, Especially in Empire, it's like it's it's so Mark Hamill can talk to someone. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what this that's what he's for in this game. Like a tons of exposition is delivered by you talking to your your robot parakeet. <gasps> I, I only say that because I he's mine's pink now. I gotta say something about that with the understanding them. Okay, so I my whole life I've been like, how do they understand what these droids are speaking? And I was like, maybe it's some kind of like you know. It's interpreted through their wavelengths or some universal sort. translator, sure. Yes, mm-hmm. but there is that one character in Fallen Order who, you know, BD1 is talking to her and she says, I have no idea what you're saying, yeah. which proves <laughs> that it's something like, you know, that they've learned, you know, Chris, you yeah. don't, some, a some game is necessarily language. Yeah, sure. but it, it's weird because, like, all the droids who speak in that language seem to have a different way of speaking it. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And they all understand Wookiee. Yes. All of them. Yes. Even it's just a bunch of undifferentiated roars. Although they're, I love they're... it that I have subtitles on for that because it just <laughs> says, whoa. <laughs> Thank there, you, Joey Lawrence. There, there is a bit where uh, Cal has to have someone translate for him because he's like, oh, my Wookiee's kind of rusty. Yes. <laughs> I'm not very good with Wookiee. Ah, man, that's, that's a fun Yeah, B- BD, like, I, again, I, I feel like BB-8 should have overstayed his welcome but didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He didn't porg himself, uh, and BD BD one doesn't do that at all. No, I yeah. love. I love. And, yeah. Unless your name is Grizz. Oh, BD one, this is Grizz. Hey, Grizz. Grizz. What is that? Get off my sofa! Get, get off my sofa! No! Get out of there! Get out! That is BD one. He's with us. I don't care who he's with. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get oil stains out of petroleum fabric? Why is Albert Brooks in the new Star Wars game? <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> Does sound like Albert Brooks? Is it just me or is space really humid? Um, oh well, well. Yeah. I do the castle run, but I I didn't sleep all. <laughs> you heard us. We have spoken. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to one I know Matt will like. No, oh, wait, what? no, I don't. Are you implying I didn't like BD1? Shuffle this around. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Come meet me. I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your panties on. I see you already. Be right there. Oh, who's this? Sneaker. Sneeko from Devil May Cry Five. Kid from the beginning of the X Files movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I haven't played this. Nico is the uh, Nico cousin. Nico. Yeah, yeah, Nico. She drives the van very fast. Every time you call her from payphone, she knows exactly where you are. She just lends it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it comes up from underground. It's awesome. I think it's Nicolette. Uh, yeah. That's the uh, one. Yes. Yeah. I once tried quitting smoking with Nicolette. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> You went full Bella Lugosi. (laughs) (laughs) She's like the weapons merchant that follows the the demon hunters around. Mm. And yeah, you call her from any payphone and she'll just show up in a ridiculous dramatic fashion. Just crashing her van. Yeah, like all all this stuff that you had to struggle to get through, she just plows a van through it all and she's there. You gotta support your customer base. Mm -hmm. I get it. And, And she can make anything from guns to fully articulated prosthetic arms that have cool abilities got for Star Trek for skills. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Star, got, Star Wars, sorry. Yeah, the Star Wars skills. Crazy-ass Star, Star Wars uh, in, in what game? In Devil May Cry 5. Ah. And she, like, drives the uh, mystery played. machine. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Drives up in the mystery machine <laughs> and uh, foul-mouthed as hell. I know, I know I'm late. Shut it! The roads were all clogged. Hey, you must be V, huh? Hey, you're gonna get that? Ding, 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 right by your feet. 
I'm gonna make something amazing out of this. Did you just sniff that? Do you have any idea where that's been? Up your butt? She's right, it has been. Millennials. <laughs> she uh, comes from a line of artisans. She is actually the granddaughter of the woman who designed Ebony and yes. Ivory, Dante's ah. signature pistols. Right. Yeah. And she aspires to live up to her grandmother's example. So you're an artist now, huh? Yes, I am. Got any questions, little chicken? My grandmother was called the 45 caliber virtuoso, legendary gunsmith. I hope to be like her someday, an artist and a lethal artisan. Everything I create is art, whether it's a gun or a steel pot to cook birds in. Harsh. He's talking to anime incidental music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> her awesomeness credentials are kind of established in the the very opening scene of yeah. the game where there's this this great scene and you can find video online of the like actors blocking it out and like with with models and everything trying to figure out how would this look where they're driving through a bunch of demons at very high speed and then they like hit a ramp sideways mm -hmm. so like the van just like spirals into the air like just launches, rolls over in midair, and you're seeing everything in slow motion. And like Nero jumps outside of the van and like does a bunch of cool aerobatic shit, just like shooting demons in the face, and then like sliding back in through the passenger window. And at one point, it just cuts to Nico, and you see that like she's lost her cigarette, but has somehow lit another one, and it's like just flying directly yeah. to her mouth, and she just slowly opens her mouth and catches it. <laughs> That's how she responds to a disastrous crash. Right. I think when it came out, I remember reading something where uh, the director didn't really intend for her to be funny. It was just kind of like badass and mm -hmm. stuff. But it, that humor kind of came out from the motion cap actress. And yeah. uh, so they, they worked with it, and I, thought, I always thought that was a cool story. Am I making this up, or wasn't this the game where it was like a bonus feature? They showed the animatics or the, yeah. or the actors. That's like, what I was talking about. Yeah. So it, but I, I think it was in the game. You can oh, turn that okay. option on. Really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's Maybe. interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, I, just, I think I saw that video on Twitter, and I was like, whoa, this is kind of cool. Yeah. And seeing that, like actors just pretending to jump around and acting out this ridiculous shit. But she she also has a softer side that manifests toward the end of the game. All I'm saying is, tough guy, it's okay to cry if you want. Devil's I'm not cry. crying. Devils cry. I'm not gonna Shins cry. cry. Will you yeah. shut up? Will you stop? Cry? Look at you. You're nobody. Why don't you cry on my shoulder? Right? Stop Devil saying cry. cry. On my shoulder. I know you, you wanna. You say cry again. Devil may cry. Fuck. You said it. And people hated Dante and DMC. That's right. some bullshit. Yeah, why? I'm a DMC fan. So am I. You're, so amongst, am I. you're amongst friends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but she's she's kind of part of Nero's faction. Like she she works most directly with him. And uh, like and I think what it was is that they had talked about including Kyrie, his girlfriend yes. from Devil May Cry Four. But they decided like this doesn't really seem appropriate to her character so we're just going to create this new character with this new backstory and uh yeah well nico was born and for some reason in a video game whenever you need a mechanic or an arms dealer a southern woman tends mm -hmm. to do the trick I, yeah. I don't know what it is does, does this sound like she's trying to do a texan accent like, it, it sounds it, it, it it's so exaggerated that as a texan i would call it something more like alabama or something mm, like that yeah but yeah that could be but the thing is is she actually 
pronounces her R's. You see, I'm getting into linguistics here, and that's a Texas thing. Ooh. So that because that that it, it, fun fact. If you want to do a Texas accent right, we actually say our R's, whereas the rest of the South, they do like that civil wah and stuff mm, like that. Mm-hmm. So we actually say our R's. And she's saying that. So there's that. In Tennessee, too, does that, too. Could be like Oklahoma, maybe. Just north of Chris, Chris, you getting any Florabama from this? Oh, God. No, nah, not so much. Panhandle. I do like the... Oh, sorry. I do like the... I'm just thinking about that now as the recurring Japanese... Southern mechanic girl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, think of uh, was it Sid from Final Fantasy Fifteen? The girl, yeah, Sydney. Yeah. Sydney. Yeah. 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 Well, I will say, I my dad is a mechanic, and uh, they didn't dress quite so hot, but uh, I knew a lot of people with that personality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait, your dad didn't dress like that. Yeah. He didn't have halter tops. <laughs> but there, I mean, there were women. Yeah, that were had that. Yeah, they they liked it. Yeah. Prove it. How much did your dad's shorts weigh? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's, it's more than a pound. So, that's a big dude. <laughs> I mean, if the jeans go past the pockets, it defeats the whole purpose. The pockets need to be longer than the cutoff. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that, like, for dudes, like, the uniform was actually, like, fat jinkos. So, uh, shorts would weigh, weigh several pounds. Get your coveralls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Number two. We've made astonishing discoveries, authored studies of grave importance, and in all this work, there is one thing we know, and that's how little we truly know. Rest assured, we're committed to keep pushing the known laws and borders of reality, and to make the Bureau proud. So, welcome, assuming you have the necessary clearance, and and do follow the safety protocols. Read the manual, otherwise bad things will happen. This guy, this is Dr. Casper, darling, yes. in control. I was going to say, is that a control? That is yes. in control. Yeah. And this actor did an amazing job. Oh, because yeah. throughout, I mean, Remedy's sort of known for having little TV shows and, and other things you discover in the game. And throughout Control, you will stumble upon a series of research videos of Dr. Darling recording himself uh, uh, and kind of explaining what has been going on. But the actor playing it is so – he does such a great job. It, the, the early videos start off as pretty self-assured and very mm-hmm. excited about these discoveries. And by the the last few videos, you, he's literally sitting in his underwear, like crying and sweating. <laughs> the guy just does an amazing – he's actually yeah. nominated oh. for uh, – he might have won by the time you hear this in the Game Awards as best performance. But I just love it because it's like – he's a live – it's live action too. But it doesn't take you out of that game, which is obviously not a live action. Um, it still like feels like it fits in the universe very, very well. I mean, I'm not very far in, but does he ever appear as an in-game character? Maybe I, I have not seen him yet. I've, I've, I'm still trying to beat the game before mm. Game of the Year, but uh, I have not encountered him personally, just through the videos. So. so when you watch the videos, are you seeing it like through a screen in the game? Sometimes or they're like... projected. Uh, sometimes they're on TVs. It's, yeah, sometimes it's... you find a tape and you open it up and it just like pops yeah. up in like a video file. That's yeah. cool. It's always in-world. And yeah. I, think, I think once you've seen it, you can then go in the menus and yeah. re-watch stuff. Yeah. I think you're right. But yeah, the, the, the tapes, a lot of them, especially the ones, the earlier ones where he's happier, they have a distinctly weird, like, mid-century, like, maybe 70s, 80s, like, Dharma Initiative kind of feel to yes. them. Oh, yeah. Just look at it. Eight inches wide and capable of storing a whopping 80 kilobytes. <laughs> Stolen by our friends at the CIA, the disc held the launch codes to Soviet nukes. Uh, this is not the disc, of course, but 
One exactly like it, a perfect fusion of concepts vibrating in the Cold War era collective unconscious. A receptacle. It is a receptacle for dangerous energies to hone in on. And they did. Yeah, I'd apologize for the sound quality, but that's how the game sounds. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I mean, he's he's holding an object of power, so mm-hmm. it could just be messing up the signal right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah he does He does explain objects of power. It's an object of power. O-O-P. <laughs> oops. It's an oops. O-O-P. Oop. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not to be confused with altered objects. Very different. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, so is this live action? Yes. Yeah, they're all live no. action. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also in that game a live action puppet series that they you'll stumble upon where it's clearly like people in the I forget they're not the FBI but it's it's like their equivalent it's the the, the Federal Bureau of Control right they're 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 clearly like trying to indoctrinate or educate some people so they have mm-hmm. like a little mini puppet show and it's very annoying and creepy but very hilarious yeah well I love the the pl- yeah. the plot of control kind of like throws you off base almost immediately because mm-hmm. the the Federal Bureau of Control is this like extremely shadowy secret government agency and they immediately welcome you with open arms and they they almost seem like if if you're here we're very open with you and we're very friendly yeah within well <clears throat> to the point where it starts to have a little bit of that twin peaks thing like oh maybe I'm not seeing everything that's going on because this is spoiler of the first 5 minutes but Within the first five minutes, you you come across the former director of the Federal Bureau of Control, and he has shot himself, and you pick up his weapon and immediately become the new director, and everyone just yes. starts calling you director. Like uh-huh. The first time they see you. Yep. And, They're and like, then, oh, the new director. Yeah, oh. and then once they learn you are, and, and, and the best part is, once that happens, all the pictures of the director around the building are you. Yeah. You're just automatically in the pictures. It's... It, this whole game is a mindfuck. It's really cool, but yeah. they they don't bother to explain a lot of that stuff right away. You you have to keep playing to understand why. Yeah. Yeah. And it's extremely surreal that like your the, their office is this building called the oldest house that's continually shifting. No one really knows exactly how big it is, but new things keep being added all yeah. the time. Like you said, Darling goes from initially being this very I am I'm a very friendly, clean cut, bow tied scientist to the point where he's clearly disheveled, not wearing his tie, and just speaking in an exasperated way to the camera. Despite what you may have heard, HRAs are not monitoring devices. We're not tracking your movements or listening to your conversations while you're wearing them. We do that regardless whether or not you're wearing... HRA. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I love about it. He's just so honest, but mm-hmm. you can just tell it's part of that culture. Yeah. The, the HRA is like this harness that protects people from the, the hits, like the, 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 the invading yeah. forces of other dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just so, I mean, he is, he is the game's MacGuffin. He's what you're trying to chase and find and, and to uh, try to really understand what's going on. Most of that game. Mm-hmm. So. I had a feeling this game was going to be like my biggest blind spot of the year. Oh, it's it's uh, up yeah. there for me in yeah. Game of the Year material for yeah. sure. So, does he really exist, or is he like Cave Johnson in Portal, where he's just kind of like in the past? That is an excellent question. Okay, I get it. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, keep your secret. Well, I, I yeah. actually oh, don't yeah. know, but <laughs> yeah. but it could be. I'm 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 several hours in. I'm near the end, and I still can't tell you specifically. So, ah, okay. uh, gotcha. Yeah, but he does he does show up in a music video which we will play the song from during the break. <laughs> but before we get there, we have 
Matt hates this character. <laughs> I don't hate it. But that is kind of the it. point. It's love hate. Yes. I don't hate it. I just don't understand some of the love. We're going to talk about it during Game of the Year, so it's fine probably. I don't know. Maybe Matt, cut oh, that no, out. That's the thing. I don't I don't love this game as much as everybody else. It's high. But I love, I, that's what I kind of agree with. But yeah. I, I love the embracing of the goose. Yes. Just because the goose, like uh, most geese I encounter are Fucking terrible, oh, yeah, and I like. The that is like totally the, it it is for. very terrible. Yeah. I wish they would ban all guns until I go to a lake and see like mildly domesticated geese. I just wish I could kick across the pond. They're so fucking mean <laughs> and awful. And it was nice to have a game humanizing him. But at the end of the day, if you've ever seen a fat baby dressed up like Dracula, that's how this motherfucker moves, and it's adorable. <laughs> they get that movement so Asian right. Pan. That's one of the best things about it. They oh, get that. So oh, the right. the wing the wing flapping button that. <laughs> So far has done nothing yeah. for me other than to flap the wings. I mean, it looks ma- good. Maybe it makes you run slightly faster if your wings are extended. I don't know. I thought it was maybe you'd scare people easier, but now maybe. No. But, yeah. but yeah, the hawk does it though. Yeah, I did tell you, Matt. There is only one part of this game. So the the premise of Untitled Goose Game is you are a terrible goose in a lovely picturesque countryside village somewhere in England, or or possibly Australia. I'm not sure. But the developers are Australian. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks English, but that's that's beside the point. Your your entire goal is to move through this town and fuck with people as hard as you can. Yes. You have a, a series of missions and tasks that you are supposed to accomplish in each area. And the only one that made me feel genuinely bad was there's a little boy <laughs> wearing glasses <laughs> and you're supposed to run up and untie his shoelaces <laughs> and then scare him so that he runs away. And uh, falls down. <laughs> right, yes, when he falls down and his glasses fall off and you replace them with other glasses. I, I, I use sunglasses. What about yourself? Which no, one? I, I think I found like a pair of different prescription glasses at the store ah. and... Uh, Brought those over, but um, this isn't even the worst part of that. With that, with the boy, no, no. There's lots of stuff you need oh, to fuck with. With the boy, okay. So part of that same little sequence is you have to steal his little plane yes, away from his it. toy plane. <laughs> so you take it over, and you take it over to this toy, this like antique sells moment and so what you put it he has to buy his he has to, you make him back. buy his own toy back yeah, so yeah that up. i felt bad <laughs> that's the worst than making the fog <laughs> well so here's the thing about this being the best character is i think we're assuming so so the goose is very much just a blank slate it's it's whatever you bring to it but mm-hmm. his task list whoever wrote the task list is yes. the monster and the character yes. <laughs> every time i've like brought one of my friends Kids under three around a goose, they get so excited, and the geese are such assholes. Mm-hmm. Like, no bread, fuck you. Like, I'm gonna. Ru- I, can't, I just don't know of any other animal like that that, like, instantly hates you. And I, what I love most about the game is that, like, separate, like, optional checklist mm-hmm. is the only thing I've ever come close to explaining why geese are the way they are. <laughs> like, that. If it's a, it was a really high thought, and, like, it all makes sense now. Someone's making them do this. Someone's making them behave like this. I just want to love you and feed you bread. Fuck off. Chase you. Chase down a fucking toddler. Ruin its life. I I see them do this all the time. He's the trickster god. Nip at you. For some reason, in my neighborhood, they're all over the place. We're always like, like rush hour traffic is stopping so geese can cross one holding pond to the other. They would never give us that same courtesy. Okay, so that's the thing. Okay, everybody keeps talking about it. I know geese so well. I was like, 
God, I think I saw a goose once when I was in England. I mean, who are, where are these people? No, well, <laughs> this game does mislead you a bit because the adults are frequently interacting with it, taking their things back. Don't get near a pissed off goose. That yeah. motherfucker will bite you and attack you and will put you in the hospital. Yeah. Geese are not to be trifled put with. Put you man. in the hospital? Dude, a rabid goose? Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you ready to fight for your life? <laughs> I'm ready to fight a goose. <laughs> I am going to test that hear what theory. happened to Mr. Allen at the hands of a goose. <laughs> I know of a park in the East Bay. I'm going to take okay. Michael there and have him fight a goose to the death. I'll get arrested if I fight a goose. They're probably protected. No, sure. It, it, but that's the thing. I, it's one of my favorite videos on the internet. Like, aggressive geese. They can't really hurt you that much but they also can't really be hurt you could kick it in the air and it could hover right back at you <laughs> you're probably right but Leif I think I think you hit on something there it's like playing as a trickster god yes. like that's the fun of Untitled Goose Game that you are running around and just messing things up for people and there's like stealth elements to it and there's uh, you know you're encouraged to kind of be creative with with, with what's in the environment and the right. whole time I, I think I described it to someone as like it feels like a a slow real life Bugs Bunny mm. like rather than zooming yes. from one side of Elmer Fudd to the other like I, I, it's just happening in real time I'm knocking somebody down and like putting a pipe in their mouth. And I like that you're being hostile without necessarily being violent. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. cathartic in that way because, you know, a lot of people say they play games because it's cathartic. Oh, I'm going to go shoot some people up and stuff. No, this is effing with people that's not, you know, it, it, yeah, it's still in the kid's glasses, still in the guy's shoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, to spoil the end of the game a little bit, if you don't want this, you know, roughly two hour experience spoiled for you, uh, skip ahead a few minutes. But. Hmm the end of the game when you make it through that miniature version of the town and you realize what you've known the entire time that all this geese this all the stupid goose wants to do is steal another bell to add to its hoard that it can't even get down to it's just it throws all these bells into a pit in the ground and you find out no what it does probably every day is go and destroy this diorama <laughs> of the town so that it can steal the the bell from the model church. <laughs> that was the wrong sound. Was the goose. The, the one time the goose goes into a house. <laughs> the goose breaking a chair on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was like so expected. I was like, "Yeah, that sounds right." <laughs> I do kind of want that mashup now of Michael breaking the chair with a honk at the end, <laughs> or Henry falling through a door <laughs> and honk. Yeah, we'll save we'll save that sound for the uh, the game of the year show coming to you in two weeks. Get ready. Uh, but anyway, that's that's been our top five. Although I do have a numero <laughs> I mean, this is not a new character, but it is definitely a new take on an old character. Amiibo Link. Amiibo Link. Link in the new Link's Awakening is the most adorable fucking thing (laughs) I have seen ever. And I cannot, like, even having finished the game, I still can't get enough of the character. He... He and everyone around him are just so friggin' cute, and that world is so much it, more it, fun it did, to explore. It made me go back on, I'll never buy another Amiibo again. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. This this game, like, I've never seen Toyetic described in a mm-hmm. game. Like, I want to see this thing shining on my shelf. Yeah. 
Everything yeah. looks like shiny plastic. Link. <laughs> <laughs> He's staring at us right now. Matt yeah. keeps looking back at it. it it's oh, adorable. It I was wondering. Yeah, where it's it was. right. It's right yeah. here. Yeah. 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 And I think I like to think of him as little ba- like uh, like everyone loves Baby Yoda. Like mm-hmm. now, imagine like Baby Jesse Plemons. That's what, <laughs> that's what Link, Link is in Link's Awakening. Baby Meth Damon. <laughs> Why Jesse Plemons? No, Je- chubby Jesse Plemons specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. But yeah, yeah, adorable. I love love that game. Love the character designs. Anyway, uh, that's been our top five. Hope you enjoyed it. We're gonna take a little break and when we come back we're going to talk about some new releases some news some other stuff so stay tuned Nobody knew her name, but she turned up just the same there was a knock on the door a thump on the floor and the party turned insane as she called out her Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010. Here's a clip from 1999. American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, it was crazy. five, five, four sequels and three straight to video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes, <laughs> I recall. But uh, I and his penis. <laughs> but I saw both move the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has if you watched. You watched it more on DVD. You have a different fucking scene. So, what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like, I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his think crotch? So, yeah. So, in the right. unrated, unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it. Oh, and- <laughs> missionary style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean, not if you're the giver. Uh, bend it over the fireplace. And like- <laughs> but you could do reverse cowgirl. <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. <laughs> I think it's all but. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to our final segment of the show where we will just hit this button. Push the button, Frank, because MechWarrior 5 is out on Epic Game Store. Actually, it's like a trio of cool games that came out on Epic. Uh, MechWarrior 5 is one of them. If you've never played the MechWarrior series, uh, it is about piloting battle mechs in FASA's Battletech universe. 
And uh, this one is pretty cool so far. It, I, I've played like the first couple missions, but it is about being a mercenary who's on the run from mysterious forces after they come and apparently kill your dad by knocking him off a cliff, which usually means a character is dead for good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're piloting battle mechs. You, you can uh, work with a lance of other battle mech pilots. And, uh, it's pretty cool, but there's like one little weirdness in that. Like, so the, the battle mechs are not just giant robots you control, although they are that they are also vehicles. So it's not just like push forward and walk a couple steps. You are actually pushing a throttle that will keep your, your bot moving in one direction forward. And so it can get a little bit confusing figuring out like, okay, where is my upper torso pointed in relation to my legs? I thought I was uh, moving forward. I'm actually moving backward. How do I get straightened out before this stupid tank annihilates me? And uh, they are tanks. Yeah. Basically. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tank controls. And and like your first enemies are tanks. Like it, it takes a little while to work up to actually fighting other mechs because in this universe, mechs are a not a rare thing exactly, but a very expensive thing. So, you know, it's it's a little rarer that you'll meet them. But yeah, I mean, uh, we're we're trying to find billions of dollars to build a damn wall. Now mm -hmm. imagine a giant moving attack robot yep. with nuclear weapons on. Yes, it. with with uh, armor that can stop a nuclear missile, apparently. But uh, yeah, you can like you're encountering all these settlements and towns and things that are mostly abandoned, but like you can just charge right the fuck through them. Everything in your path will just explode, whether it's boulders or buildings or whatever, just, and you, you can even like, if, if you're fighting a tank or a smaller enemy, just stomp on them. That's it. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do, and you also you have to... to like choose contracts and repair your mechs in between missions and sure. that costs money. So uh, do you get to pilot several different types of mechs or is yes. it just kind of a one hero? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like you're, you're in charge of a mercenary company and, uh, you're trying to, again, escape pursuers while still earning money. And, uh, it's so weird because mech warrior, I would have said at one point was a big franchise. Like I, I grew up playing tabletop battle tech games, mm -hmm. you know, um, and this just kind of came out with little to no fanfare this used to be like in the 90s like if you had a pc that played games you had a mech warrior game who made it piranha games piranha games hmm. um but yeah they i think yeah F fasa the original owner of battletech got bought out by microsoft at one point i think and microsoft might have uh sold them off yes yeah at one point at some point I want to say like WizKids might have bought it. it it's mm. it has changed hands many 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 times. Yeah, WizKids and, and this just in. I have nowhere else to say this, but this is a video game podcast. Can I, <laughs> but this is so dumb. I was like in the break. I, I just clicked on Instagram, and my sponsored ad was an Amazon ad. You know where they show you a bunch of products, and like mm -hmm. shop now. It was, and you know how they tailor those 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 things to you or what you just last looked at. I guess. Oh boy. Mine was a 32 gigabyte Wii U Deluxe set. And I'm like, what? Why now? And I clicked on it twice and I crashed the app. So I'm like, fuck this. Let me go see why Amazon is so desperate to advertise the Wii U to me. Do yourself a favor and look up Wii U, Wii U consoles on Amazon. I'm seeing the Deluxe unit right now, new from Nintendo, $799. If you want one with wow. new Super Mario Brothers U... Eight hundred and fifty dollars. 
the Nintendo, the Nintendo Land bundle, eight hundred. What is going on? Why is the uh, is the Wii U already fetching like slow sales Boy equals price? scarcity? Yeah, and scarcity equals high prices. These are like these are like first party sales on Amazon. Eight hundred dollars for a Wii U in 2019. Somebody tell me what's going on. Well, the thing with Amazon is uh, it's first party sales. Usually, like if. If it doesn't have it in stock, it will default to whatever mm-hmm. the most prominent seller is. Yes. And so what I think this is is very optimistic speculators uh, hoping to cash in on uh, recently minted nostalgia. This is for sale by Nintendo. Only three left in stock. $350. The cheapest one you can get is Mario Kart 8 pre-installed for $750 from Nintendo. So, Chris, let me Are explain you sure con- it's not spelled Nintendo? Yes. <laughs> I will explain a concept to you called supply and demand. See, And what's happened there is... It's not necessarily that demand is through the roof. It is that supply is almost non-existent because no one is what making f- Wii U. That's the question of the week. What's your Wii U doing? <laughs> Collecting <laughs> dust like all good Wii yeah. U's. It's 3 a.m. Do you know what your Wii U is? <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I load it up and, and, and load up uh, Super Mario 3D World and think like, man, I really should have given this more of a chance and then I don't play it again for a year. That's probably more than most game. people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. it, it's certainly not playing MechWarrior 5, because that is... Is that PC exclusive? <laughs> it is not only PC exclusive, it is an Epic Store exclusive, apparently, ah, for now. Nice callback. Yeah. Uh, but yes, <laughs> good callback. Um, also on Epic Store, Super Liminal, yes. which you might have noticed was shown during the Sony State of Play. Yes, it was. Uh, it's on PC now, if you want to play it. Yes. It is a really neat uh, Portal slash Stanley Parable-esque game. That looks mm, cool. Where mm. uh, you are... Like the conceit is that you are in a some sort of dream therapy where they create a simulation in your dreams, mm-hmm. and like there's a computer talking to you, and it's just like, oh, you've we've suppressed the ability for you to wake up when realizing it's a dream. For example, I just told you it's a dream, and you didn't wake up. And the 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 neat thing about it is that it constantly plays with perspective. Mm-hmm. And so like if you pick up like a small chess piece. It's uh, and and you like hold it up to the ceiling so that it looks like, oh, it's uh, it looks like it's all the way up there, like thirty feet in the air, and then you drop it and step back, it will fall thirty feet and uh, become huge. And you can also like just uh, grab something and walk it into a wall, and it will shrink as you know because it it's tiny against the wall. And you can use that to solve puzzles, to get around, create walkways and platforms and things. And uh, this being a portal-inspired game, uh, the simulation starts breaking down pretty early on. Like, you find boarded-up doors, and it's like, okay, what happens if I go in here? And like, oh, you're told, please use other door, and uh, don't don't go in here, this is dangerous. And mm. But then you keep finding, like, oh, there's the walls of these simulation chambers are easy to like just knock down with this piece of cheese that I just made gigantic. And now I'm going to walk back and there's like a warehouse back here with a bunch of doors and a loading dock. Why does a dream simulator need these things? Mm. You know, what this game looks like to me is, you know, the hallway scene from Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. It's mm-hmm. like that come to life. It's forced perspective. The game. Mm-hmm. Looks, yeah. 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 Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so you don't lick the you don't lick the walls. Mm-hmm. I got I'm, different hallway, hallways. Different hallway. Yeah, there shrinking are several hallway. hallways. Different yeah. terrain. And Super Mesh yeah. is a game about 
mashing up different genres to create, to randomly create new games. And much like Superliminal, this was shown during Nintendo's Indie Showcase mm -hmm. as coming to Switch, but it is already out yep, on other on platforms. PC. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you, you and your friends work at a failing game shop, but you discovered this machine that if you plug in two cartridges, it can create a whole new game. Whoa. And uh, so I've, I've played it very briefly. I, I mashed up Metroidvania and Stealth. And I created a game where, like, oh, I have to kill my doppelganger in five minutes. And so you go and you do that, and then it's like, yeah, you won the game. And you created so, Mark of the Ninja. Yeah, you're actually creating a bunch of mini games that are, are very brief, bite-sized experiences. Mm. Yeah, how does that work? Is that just all automated? Is it randomized at all, or is it's, it? It's. I think it's mostly randomized, and then you can uh, you get these things called dev cards as you win games. That like, oh, you can you can play this as like as a variable, or insert this enemy, or this different goal. And and there are there are different conditions. Like the one that I played, like if you stand still for a few seconds, a timer will fill up, and when it fills up all the way, it kills all the enemies on screen. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, because they were hyping it up. Like you can share your creations or. or, or get them out there and i'm like well how how do they do that like hmm. how do you test for something like that if it's really like thousands and thousands of combinations so, i don't know good question hmm. yeah this one I, I, we'll talk about it during news but i i am looking forward to it on the switch because it, it also has that retro aesthetic and it's retro vibes yeah. for the games yeah it looks really really cool yeah. and since we're such fans of shovel knight on this podcast a bunch of new shovel knight content hit this week yeah uh, there's yeah. a new uh, campaign for King Knight, and yes. there's the Shovel Knight Showdown, which is a four-player battle mode. Yep. So, yep. Right. Go play that, I guess. And anyway. I think I think those are coinciding with the game might be coming to retail, like physical, like you can oh. get it now on disc. So yeah, hmm. you can go with my physical Shovel Knight amiibos. There you go. Yes. More than one. <laughs> one. I don't have any actually. Just have that Link amiibo and a bunch of others. Looking at Metroid ones right now. Haha. Ha. Anyway. News. Normally, we use this segment to talk about video games. Oh. Although, I saw a trailer this week. That is basically a video game, which gives me a chance to use our VGA Hollywood segment. Uh, there is a new movie featuring Ryan Reynolds that looks like a cross between Grand Theft Auto Online and the Lego Movie. Have you guys? It's uh, the trailer. I think it's called like the New Guy or the Free Guy. The Free Guy. The Free Guy. Thank you. Yeah. Where, yeah, he did the premise is Ryan Reynolds plays basically an NPC in a video game that there's mayhem around him and there's like dudes shooting down helicopters and all this stuff. And he works like in a bank and every day, several times a day, he gets robbed. And then one day he decides to stand up for himself and change things. And that's where it becomes the Lego movie for me. But uh, huh. he gets to see through like the Matrix. He gets yeah. to see through the eyes of a player, but he's a, a bank teller who basically gets robbed in a GTA Online Fortnite game. Uh, and then decides to become a, a player. What I love about it is people always talk about, like, oh, they should make a movie out of GTA. No, they shouldn't. That would suck. Whereas this yeah. is amazing. Because the whole point This is of GTA, what you mean. Yeah, the whole point yeah. of GTA is you create mayhem and you do whatever you want. It doesn't really lend itself well to plots. You know, no. but, and there's like, even this part where I just saw where he gets run over by, like, three cars. And just, yeah. So that's where GTA. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, basically it's, it's a little bit of a live-die-repeat. He, 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 he dies and then regenerates. You know? Yeah. 
And I gotta say, uh, having patreon.com slash laser time, having just bought my uh, own health insurance, man, GTA is undercharging you when you get hit by three cars and wake up in the hospital. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I, wish the, I wish my deductible was that low. I would, I would gladly give up all my guns <laughs> for an emergency hospital visit. But how would you defend yourself against the 30 to 50 feral geese that appear in your yard? <laughs> I'm telling you what. I'm taking you to that fucking park. And we are having a duel. <laughs> you, guys want, you guys want to see video of that? Patreon.com slash laser time. <laughs> wow, Michael and Matt go to a park. Do I need to find them? <laughs> Who wouldn't want to see that? You wouldn't title it that. It'd be called Goose Attack, man. Ah, okay. God, I, I would try to hug them, and I would succeed. <laughs> oh, wait. I, here's a, a dumb piece of news. Did you see, hear about Cubic Games' Christmas sale? No. No? It might already be technically too late. It is a, for the Switch. It is the most interesting sale I've ever seen uh, during Christmas. You have to own one of their games as of right now, and you need to look up their website if you want to do this. Uh, one of the you need to own one of the games right now. Right now, they have a free game on Switch. I think called Coloring Book. And every other day until Christmas, they're releasing up to twelve games free. Whoa! But the catch is, you need to have downloaded one of their games. And every day a new game comes available, you need that day to download that game. If you miss it, you lose the streak and you lose the rest of the free games. <laughs> but all the games are discounted, so you can buy them again if you want to continue your streak because you miss a day. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Like, uh, but remember when Nintendo couldn't put anything on sale, and now there's this weird thing if you if it. If it sees that you own a game by this company, you get to play in the sale. That's like some weird rusty slugger level shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. But I and, I and I don't know any of these games that well, but they're all charming. They look like charming takes on racing and platforming and mm. other stuff, but like uh yeah, competent game but all you have to do is pay attention and set a schedule and you can get 12 free games. Like like uh, hundreds of dollars of free games. Nice. Damn. I thought that was I thought that was fascinating. So yeah, if you miss a day, you might have to buy that game on sale to continue your free game streak. Neat. Huh. Neat. Well, you know what else is neat? Uh, there is a new game studio called Cloud Chamber, mm-hmm. founded by 2K, and they're working on a new Bioshock game, gentlemen. That's that's the combination of the uh, the uh, that's the company the Ukrainian company Cloud Strike and Coal Chamber, the uh, new metal band, uh, <laughs> <Is that laughs> combined with a presidential conspiracy. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but, but Master is. of improv, Matt. <laughs> what it is 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 a dev studio founded by uh, Kelly Gilmore, who is a longtime uh, studio lead at Firaxis, and she is 2K. I think she's the first female studio head in 2K history, uh, mm. founding this studio. And this is one of – it's been rumored that there have been many – Attempts at a new Bioshock game from 2K, but the fact that this one was announced publicly uh, mm. kind of tells you it's probably pretty far along. Although they did say not to expect it uh, anytime soon, so it's still a few years away. I wish I wish I knew what was happening internally at that company. Why did you feel the need to announce a game with no screenshot or name for no reason? Get people with, excited. That's with years nothing. off. Some kind of there hasn't. Yeah. Typically, if you if you have nothing I mean, to show. It's shareholder reasons. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, but that also means it's it's compensating for maybe something else that happened this year. Maybe a buggy wrestling game. I don't know. <laughs> mm. 
I need to contact Dave and see if he's working on Bioshock. That'd yeah. be crazy. Oh, that would be crazy. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, look, they've they've gotten very far. They've gotten so you shoot gun at Robot Man, and ah. they now they just need a plot that is very deep and full of nuanced uh, messages about politics and the state of. Humanity. My favorite right. Twitter discussion was everybody saying, "Where will the racist utopia be this time?" And uh, it was, it was like, <laughs> "We've done the skies, we've done under the sea," and the people were like, "In a volcano!" In a volcano. There's always <laughs> a volcano. <laughs> There's always a lighthouse. It'll in be set in the future past of a place called Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Visit fascist and what would happen in fascist America? <laughs> yeah. Right outside of Disney World. The year is 2017. It'll be a bunch uh, of Bitcoin people. <laughs> Yes. Probably. <laughs> It'll be in a nation where we lock up children and separate them from their parents. That could never Some happen. dystopian future. Uh, uh, almost like this them. weird dystopian future where MLB The Show goes multi-platform? What? That's the craziest thing I ever yeah. heard, man. It is, it is one of the craziest. I think... Who I was trying to figure out who broke this seal. Was it Microsoft with Minecraft? Yeah, I think so. Of putting kind of a technically a first party game on other platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so well, so I mean, if you think about it, it might have been Nintendo with you know Mario is missing on PC way back in the day. But no, you're yeah, right. You're other right. than yeah. PC, yeah, cross console. So yeah, um, Sony came, went out with an announcement, uh, basically saying that they've renewed their license with the Major League Baseball. Okay, fine, very cool, uh, great. And most people would assume, oh, shit, that means baseball is locked on PlayStation. Ah, uh, uh, because as part of this announcement, they said you can expect to see the game on other platforms. Then later that day, Nintendo tweeted a tweet of just a little baseball emoji. Hmm. So you can imagine that probably means it'll be on the Switch. And then I think Microsoft did something very similar. Mm-hmm. So... Yes. It might be the show's coming to uh, the other platforms. Sony and Nintendo working together after how many years? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see this as Sony wanting to work together. I see no. it. Yes. If they're going to pay this much for the Major League Baseball... I don't think the, if you're Major League Baseball, you should want your game being on a single platform. Yeah, it you should want it going me, as far as possible. Yeah. If that was a condition of the contract, like, look, we, we want this to be multi-platform. We want everybody to be able to buy it. Well, well, my guess is it's more just the condition is you need to make a certain amount of revenue minimum. And yeah. Sony said, mm-hmm. I don't know if we can do that on just the one platform, but it's much easier if we're selling on three times the number of consoles. That's true. That's true. Well, not right. Exactly. Because if it's first party, it, you know, first party games don't necessarily need to make money. They're there to push consoles. But how many consoles is, is is in this stage is an MLB game going to push and yeah. I, I don't know it just it it made me think that I'm very old as are some of the people you're who are recording with me right now mm-hmm. it's only been half my life where all this sports exclusivity has been like locked down when we were kids like there was a billion baseball games and a billion football games yeah. Yeah. with NFL and MLB licenses it's only been half my life it was I remember I remember NFL 2K coming out and like kind of oh shit, there's a Madden competitor and it's twenty dollars. That was nuts. Yeah, and it's only and that was only like tw- yeah, like it was only it was le- a little less than twenty years ago that all stopped because of EA. Yeah, and it looks like maybe here's another reason for that to stop. Maybe it's not in Sony's interest to develop this massive MLB game if it's not exclusive for its platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe the game goes multi-platform. Could be interesting. Maybe, I don't know. maybe the uh, the concept of sports licenses is uh, outdated when the internet can ring endless entertainment from an old NES game that had the name Bobson Dugnut in it. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that character screen. Fuck, what's that game? It's called? so good. It's so good. 
so I'm not a big fan of slippery slope arguments. Uh, typically, they're bullshit. But like, you can almost see like, okay, so was cross-platform play sort of the beginning and then now we're on the slippery slope where you got Sony releasing games on Microsoft and Nintendo platforms, cats and dogs living together. Total anarchy. I mean, as slippery slopes go, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only benefit to it being exclusive to play is... is to, uh, as a first-party game that moves systems, that's how could that possibly happen in the last year of the exactly. system? Exactly, yeah, that, that's I was thinking about that already. It, 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 it's more benefit if you if you're depending on software sales, online player base, or getting the word out about the Major League Baseball Corporation, which can't be having a great time in 2019. You got to put it everywhere. It just has to do that. Yeah. Well, and the fact that MLB the Show this year's game is is really 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 good, um, but the fact that they they make a lot of their money on the post game, post launch, like all the uh, in game monetization right. stuff, right? They sell those tickets and stuff like that. So you can imagine now, not only is Sony selling games on these platforms, but it's also like making Holy money, shit. regular <laughs> recurring revenue from selling these tickets. Um, why wouldn't you, if you're Sony, you'd just be like, fine, it, it, whatever. So you know what DLC I would buy on my Xbox? I would buy uh, the Mr. Burns Springfield uh, Isotopes team. From 1991, yes, I would absolutely. totally buy a Jose. Can say I would buy Steve Sachs. The only time anybody's ever said that in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy a Steve Sachs character on yes. every platform. Do it, Sony. Now I care. Yeah, I just want Sleeve McDykel back. Sleeve and Anson Sweeney. <laughs> so that game is fighting baseball for the Super Fan. Yes. <laughs> oh. Some Japanese person's guess at what American names are like. Uh, Raul Chemgerlain. <laughs> and Todd <laughs> Bonzales. <laughs> it really is like a like a just a, a, a babblefish version of the MST3K Big McLarge Huge. <laughs> yes, yes. Chad Flanksteak. Oh boy. Well, MLB The Show isn't the only game coming to Nintendo platforms, seemingly. Uh, Nintendo did a direct, an indie showcase direct uh, earlier this week where they announced several titles. I'm just going to go over kind of what I thought were some of the highlights, if you will. So Axiom Verge 2 is coming fall 2020. So, you know, a lot of people talk about like pixel art style games. I feel like the original Axiom Verge is one of the only ones that really nails what those things did look like. I don't know if it's the color palette or what, but it... Yeah, I look at it and I'm, I see like Super Metroid for sure when I look at it. Speak, speak of the Devil, the last Wii U game, uh, Axiom Verge. <laughs> Was it really? Yeah, it, there's an interesting story behind it because I think it recently came out as a crowdfunding incentive from Limited Run Games, so it's it's rare and expensive. Was it an interesting sports story? Because no. Sports Story is the sequel to Golf Story, and that is coming mid-2020 oh, to Switch. I loved me some Golf Story. I remember you streaming that game, Chris. Yeah, that, that game. I mean, like if you randomly, like I did, won a contest from a Wendy's Cup, and they sent you uh, Mario Golf for the Game Boy Color, which is a needlessly deep and hilarious and fun golf RPG. That's some of the DNA is in the Mario Golf games, but it shouldn't be exclusive to Nintendo. It's awesome. No, and and they're expanding beyond golf. It's it, as they said, it's a new adventure full of golf, tennis, dungeons, espionage, mini games, and plenty of friends and enemies to meet along the way. Maybe the real sports were the enemies we met along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's real sports with Brian Gumble, Michael. Come ah, okay. Uh, Gleamlight 
is a game coming early 2020. Um, I love the description. Using a stained glass motif, this unique game puts players in the role of a sword. That's right, a sword in a terrifying, sad, but warm story drawn in a beautiful, glassy world. Uh, it's from the developers of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Huh. That's Gleamlight. It sounds like that scene from Young Sherlock Holmes that gave me nightmares when I was a kid. <laughs> there were a lot the of scenes that gave me nightmares night. in that movie. <laughs> I, I think that's one of the, the first Pixar scenes in that movie. Oh, yeah, it's early, early CG. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Super Mash was announced is coming to Switch May 2020. So mm-hmm. if you don't pick it up on Epic Games Store, uh, you can hold out until May and get it on Switch. Murder by Numbers. Uh, this one looked really cool to me. It's a timed exclusive. It is an um what do you call those interactive storybook games it's a visual novel, visual visual novel. but it has a twist it's also a puzzle game mm. so it's got basically picross puzzles huh and now now you're getting more interested okay. I see my wow it's barely a game <laughs> oh, uh, it's like zero escape or something i don't know no hey but I feel like so a lot of visual novels like I can't really hang with them that long because mm-hmm. there is so little gameplay. Yeah. But I feel like if you just like it, okay. So Professor Layton games are good examples. You just mm-hmm. throw a puzzle in every one, every now and then, yeah. and now I'm along for the ride. Dangan Rampa, just just let me fire some mm-hmm. bullets into a conversation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Truth um, bullets, not real bullets. And then final bit of news from that direct: uh, Skatebird is coming late 2020 to Switch, and that looks like the spiritual successor That's to. Awesome. Tony Hawk meets Angry Birds. I don't know. It looks looks adorable. Tony Hawk, you say? Aha! Oh. See what I did there? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Sony, not to be outdone. I feel, okay, so I have a theory. Every time Sony announces a state of play, there's someone at Nintendo with their hand on a direct <laughs> button that just hits the button because Nintendo stole all of Sony's thunder because the same day, Earlier that day, Sony did a state of play, and they had a few announcements, but they kind of got overshadowed by the Nintendo stuff. But there is some good stuff out of there. So, the long-rumored Resident Evil 3 remake was confirmed. Not only is it confirmed, it's coming April 3rd next year, so it's right around the corner. And it's going to include that multiplayer, formerly known as Project Resistance. It includes that uh, asymmetrical multiplayer mode, The new, and they're calling it new. Resident Evil Resistance. So that comes on the disc. And we're going to be playing that in four months, man. April 3rd is very, very soon. Yeah, I was trying, I was looking at that that group of characters that they had. It's like, are any of these the same characters from Resident Evil Outbreak? And then I realized, like, one of them is a dead ringer for Finn fucking Wolfhard. Why is he in everything paranormal? Why is that his thing? Doesn't he ever want to branch out? What a lucky kid. Yeah. Why true. does he look like the most miserable uh, team member of Stranger Things? <laughs> things are going great. You're the new yeah. Ghostbusters kid. Mm-hmm. Buck up. Yeah. He looks like the kid who's most in puberty, though. Like, it just looks like someone literally <laughs> stretched his body. Yeah. <laughs> that kid's going to look real weird. Very yes, soon. thank Holy you. Shit. That's another way he's of gonna, saying it. He's going to grow up to be Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Show off his weird chest his in weird, a Star Wars yeah, movie. With his pants I look pulled. like you gave up on creating me in a creative character. <laughs> <movie>. Sorry. <laughs> My nose is a little top heavy, which I can say. <laughs> Untitled Goose Game is coming to PlayStation the 17th of this month, so next week. Yeah. Also coming to Xbox Game Pass. Sorry, Matt. I know. I made you buy it like the week before that got announced. (laughs) I should have learned my lesson. Just wait long enough and everything will be on Game Pass. Uh, Spellbreak is a new magic-based battle royale game. I've played that. 
You've played it, and? I played the early access. It's, and? Fun. it's, fun. it's I, fun. I I like it. You have two gauntlets that have different magical powers and amulets and stuff, and it's it's kind of, you can teleport, you have invisibility. It's So they did, I think they did a really good job on the magical spin and stuff. I'm kind of getting kind of burnt out on Battle Royale games, but it, hey, see. it's pretty fun. Well, have you played Dreams? Yeah. Which like has an official release date. It has an official release date of uh, Valentine's Day. I can't believe this is finally fucking happening. Have, this was like one of the this? this was one of the first games ever shown off for PS4. Right. When they debuted this like they announced wow. the system, it, they showed a demo for Dreams, the, which was by the Media Molecule, the yes, little big planet people. Yes. It has been in beta for I think right. the last Holy shit. couple of years. Well, the reason I keep asking you guys if you played it, I have never met a human being who has played that game. But I see people on Twitter all the time like post like posting about it, like oh man, playing this game mostly because I follow Media Molecule, so I'm like they're retweeting nah, their beta testers. Right. But but it's I mean playing that game is is this the part we all don't like about Little Big Big Planet? It's you're just creating stuff, you're creating levels in that. I game. mean, but you're also playing other people's things. But like the the breadth of stuff that people have come up with is kind of incredible. I think somebody somebody recreated PT in there. Uh, that was like nice. one of the first things that got shown off, and the person who created it actually broke their NDA oh, by wow. posting about it. Uh, but but yeah, like the, those things that they uh, showed during the trailer, it's like, yes, there's a hugely disparate amount of things that you can play and, or create. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, like Xbox had something similar. Project Spark. Project Spark, yeah. And mm. that, that didn't last for very long. But that no. also just allowed for a lot of different kinds of games. The creation. secret to la- outlasting your competitor is just not to release. Mm. And, and then wait. Yeah. You just wait them out. Wait long enough. Yeah, But it's it's interesting that it's like this is one of the first games shown for PS4. And it will probably be one of the last games released. Wow. Yes. That's yep. crazy. Well, I know this won't be the last thing released for this game. Kingdom Hearts 3 is mm. getting DLC. <laughs> Um, it's going to be releasing January 25th, and it's t- entitled uh, R.E. Colon Mind. So, Remind, get it? Remind. Uh, yes. Oh, uh, sorry, January 23rd, 2020 is when this coming. It, it sees almost a year to the day the game came out. It sees the return of Aerith, Yuffie, and Squall, further wrapping up storylines from Squeenix's long-running action series. Wait, are they actually calling him Squall? Wasn't he, like, Leon? When Leon. Initially? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the site I was taking this news from <laughs> was calling him Squall. Well, you should write them a very strongly worded letter. No, I don't think so. <laughs> they, did, they did say Aerith. So, mm-hmm. you know. All right, that's something. Yes. Uh, that Predator game, Hunting Grounds, mm-hmm. the another asymmetrical multiplayer game, that's coming April 24th. It's confirmed. It yeah. looks pretty good. I, I Somebody pointed out, it's like, oh, is that a sexy Predator? And I realized, like, oh, that Predator has a female body shape. And I'm kind of uh, slightly uncomfortable with the idea of Predators having boobs just because I can't imagine nursing a baby with that kind of mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, did- I'm sure they don't grow the tusks when they're little, but still. I think you're overthinking it. I'm just going to sure throw that out there. Got a point. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they did or, confirm- or maybe they're underthinking it. Think about maybe. it. Maybe. <laughs> they did confirm you can play as multiple types of predators in the game. So mm. Yeah. There's a Chris Hansen joke in there somewhere. There's got to be, right? <laughs> Michael, wow. take a seat. Have you a seat, a Michael. <laughs> Welcome to Matchmake a Predator. <laughs> Um, they they showed off more of that platinum game, uh, Babylon's Fall, mm-hmm. in, with an all new trailer. Mm-hmm. 
It is a platinum ass platinum game. You got you got some dodges. You got some some melee combat. A lot of action. Hope they're beta testing that name. Hmm. And then they showed off a teaser for Ghost of Tsushima, uh, saying that more would be revealed. That as of the time you're hearing this would have been last night at the Game Awards. Ooh, yeah, nice. so we'll have more to talk about yeah, next I've week. Yeah, seen speculations like, oh, a release date could be soon. Hopefully. Maybe early 2020. Yeah, that's Hopefully. definitely one of the games I'm looking for. Is this the third year since when? They debuted that game a couple E3s ago, I feel like. At least. Two, Back two? when they were doing E3s? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Much like E3, we're wrapped up. That is all the news that's fit to play. Nice. Well, let's go on to the community segment, which is always a segment. Segmenting our community. community. Uh, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's the first PlayStation game you owned or ever saw that convinced you to buy the system? Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal? Really? Mm-hmm. Just Twisted yep. Metal. My buddy, I remember I was, I, I told that story on a billion other podcasts, but like because of the nature of, there was a Super Nintendo and then there was like, Sega, there was like Sega CD and the CDI, and I'm like, I'm not really feeling this next generation of games. I don't really give a shit. And uh, I met a buddy. He ended up becoming MB Spicules, who you've heard on the show before. And I, I met him at a slumber party, and he brought over a PlayStation. I'm like, I don't get this. And he's like, No, no, this is a little different. And they were playing Mortal Kombat three, and like, I already have Mortal Kombat three. I don't really care. And then we played two player Twisted Metal. I'm like, Oh. This is a new experience I've, I couldn't even imagine doing on any other platform. This is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and it made me totally interested. And then once I played Crash Bandicoot, I was like, fine, take my money. I want one of these. I, I'm, I'm back in. I don't want to. I don't want to edit a crisscross video, Sega. But I'm, I'm down for <laughs> Twisted Metal. <laughs> nice. What about Mackie Mac? <laughs> <laughs> Me? Uh, okay, you ready for a shock here? The first uh, game, you know, first that I ever played, uh, you know, to play PlayStation on was Uncharted 2. Really? And, yes. Wow. And that wow. was... Uh, that so was, you skipped the first two generations. Yes, I, you know, in the 90s, I wasn't, you know, I played PC games mostly when I did play uh, games in Nintendo. Wait, you're so. a Macworld guy. You can't play PC games. Uh... And <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> now, you know, like because I'm learning I did, dark things about you, Leaf. Uh, because I became a game journalist to be familiar, I went back and wow. played a lot of this stuff. You're rolling but, in dough. You're going to order that fifty-two thousand exactly. dollar Mac Pro or whatever. Right? Oh yeah. We got it up to sixty thousand. I mean, fifty-three is the base, <laughs> wow. but if you add on like the display and everything, we got it up to. And the wheels cost four hundred dollars. The wheels me? cost four. Okay, it was funny. So there was this. I'm getting off topic here, but there was this big discussion like before the day of, like how much are the wheels going to cost? And so people, most people, we said in one ninety nine, and you know, uh, John Gruber said, you know, I'm going to say three twenty nine, but I really want to say three ninety nine. They're like, no, it's too high. For, wait, for per wheel, or is this for? That's all, all, all four wheels. Okay, yeah. so like it's I could buy a set of tires for that much. Yes, yes. you could buy it um, much less. An iPad Mini for that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> just to wheel around a thing you probably shouldn't be wheeling around that much. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. To anyone purchasing one, I say good luck to your startup. Money well spent. <laughs> Other people's money well spent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the monitor starts at five thousand. You can add a stand for us. Add a stand for a thousand dollars, and then you can add an anti-reflective coating for another thousand. So that's about six. Uh, yeah. oh, it sounds like when I go to get yeah, new glasses so at the eye doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you want that anti-reflective coating? <laughs> Your insurance doesn't cover that. I should have seen the writing on the wall when their budget computer started at $800. Uh, like, yes. mm-hmm. 
And then that Apple, computers for billionaires and no one else. <laughs> now, see, that's what we've always said. It is it is a computer that your company is going to buy. Yes, it's yes. not, you know. Okay, real quick. I, you talking about getting us off track. I got to tell you guys something. So I was at the gym. Shocker, I know. <laughs> They have premium water fountains now that you have to pay a subscription yeah. that is I saw one different yeah. than the, the plebe water fountain that is free that anyone can use. No, yeah. no. This is $7 a month water that you subscribe and then it gives you like 40 refill. It is the most bullshit, bullshit. What is happening to society? That's like, so what exciting. the fuck? So some, some tech bros are sitting around saying, you know what we should bring back? Segregated water. <laughs> that was the best idea the South ever had. You should bring that back. Oh my god! Yeah, how do we out. segregate without looking racist? We make people pay. <laughs> yeah, this is fucked up. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. <laughs> oh, boy. Michael, I just really want you to read this username out loud. All right. Uh, VentureGameApocalypse.com. First responder was, Turn myself into a butt, Morty. I'm Asser Rick. Rise of per- Pertahia? <laughs> I think it's Pertahia. It's all the name, by the way. It's, it's all the name. Yeah. Says... After visiting Pizza Hut with my cousins one summer, I can remember two of my cousins excitedly explaining to me how they could get a demo disc from Pizza Hut. This was an amazing process to my young nine-year-old brain. As we discussed Y2J's debut in the WWE, yes! lo and behold, they were given a disc after we ate out at Pizza Hut that night. We were all shocked and amazed that night as we had our first taste of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I'm not supposed to eat the demo disc. And from that point on, I knew I had to get a PlayStation if this was going to be a f- future of video games. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> Why did you go Shakespeare? Like I know. <laughs> it's just fun to do this voice. Uh, Cubby Lover says, God help me if that's a furry thing. Uh, this may sound strange, but the game that made me want a PlayStation the most was Star Wars Dark Forces on the PC. I'd been contemplating asking for an N64 or a PlayStation, and I decided on getting a PC game instead, so I may get other gifts as well. Little did I know that PC games had requirements, and my computer wasn't even close to meeting them. So, upon returning the game to KB Toys, my lovely mother paid the difference and got a PlayStation. I couldn't buy a game with it, but we rented Star Wars Masters at Tarascosi oh. <laughs> that night instead. Oh, that's the same thing. Uh, that game is hot <laughs> trash, but I didn't care. I was in love. That game is better than people talk, say. No. Uh, I've been a PlayStation fanboy ever since. So I looked up the Metacritic on Star Wars Dark Forces, and typically you'll see a little bit of like a one or two point swing for different platforms. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the reviews were for the PlayStation version of Dark Forces compared to PC? I'm guessing they weren't as good. I'm guessing, bo- I'm guessing both versions you pressed X to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> on PC, that game, I think, averages around sevens or eights, mid, mm-hmm. mid sevens to eights. Four and a half to fives Ooh. on PlayStation. Yeah. But, uh, so maybe that wasn't the optimal way to play Dark Forces. Maybe Masters of Tarascasi is, is perfect what but, you should have been But playing. John Pertwee, the, the third Doctor Who, is such a fan of it. There's a great video of him, I think we've played audio from it before, playing uh, Dark Forces from like the early 90s. So go look it up on YouTube. 
John Pertwee Dark Forces. Okay. Yeah. We'll do. Okay, from Twitter, we have Kyle Lucky 12 says, I was at my aunt's house back in like 96 and 97, and her son living there at the time asked if he had seen this console. He put in Gex. <laughs> yes. Uh, I thought it was amazing. I couldn't believe how much talking was coming from this game. Also, played Too Extreme the same day. Incredible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. My parents bought me a PS1 in Christmas 98 with Croc and NBA Live 98. Since then, I've been accumulating every PS1 game, and I am going to eventually document and write a book with scans of them and the screenshot and the accessories, etc. Okay, you know, famous tech showcase Gex. If you uh-huh. really want to win someone well, over, it's it's it was from an era when games didn't have a lot of digitized speech, yes. so that would have been pretty impressive. I think by the time Gex two and three rolled around, people were pretty sick of it. it was like so much talking uh, coming from even, this game. Yeah. Wait till tell. I didn't man. even know. I, I didn't, Dana Gould is now one of my favorite comics. Yes, but I think he was he was commissioned to not only like be the like the first celebrity voice in a game, but he wrote it. So it's it's uh, what's the word cloying? It's it's difficult. It's difficult to play because of his voice acting. But like it's you could it's a it's a branch of something different. The games had never done before because like I don't know why when he gets hit they only recorded like three Brady Bunch references. But man, it's annoying. <laughs> man, it's annoying. That game is that game is crazy. Trying to play Gex in 2019, and for some reason it's available everywhere. It's. I played it on my Vita. Oh man. Uh, who is this? William uh, 0406. I'm going to call him William April 6th. Mm, sure. uh, my birthday is in August. Oof. That, there goes that theory. <laughs> uh, and, I was, <laughs> and I was saving my money for the N64 release. <laughs> Uh, my best friend in high school came over and brought his PS1. He traded the majority of his SNES games to acquire. We rented Destruction Derby, Twisted Metal, and Resident Evil. We stayed up most of the night getting uh, to the guard shack in RE. It uh, sold me on delaying my N64 purchase and using all my saved N64 savings to get a PS1, RE, and Twisted Metal. It ended up being a great decision uh, given the limited N64 availability and uh, game selection on release. And the fact that the yeah, games cost I, $80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The games weren't... The, all the games were readily available, but they were 80 fucking dollars. Yeah. The systems were hard to get your hands on. Well, remember, that that was like following a trend from the Super Nintendo. Like, remember Final Fantasy VI came out and it was $60? Because they were literally charging you for the chips inside yeah, the yeah, game. Yeah. And then well, it's like... I also wonder, like, just because like... Uh, I get it that we don't need demo discs anymore, when, but it, it would be nice, you know, to like load up your system and like pop in a demo disc and play a little mm-hmm. two or three extreme. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but there was no demo. There was no such demo disc for the N sixty four. It it was a weird, it was a weird advantage that PlayStation had, like l- like packing its system in with like a bunch of free demos. It's very true. Yeah, you can't do the demo cart for N sixty four. That would that would cost twenty dollars. The demo <laughs> yeah. cart would cost money. Absolutely, that would suck. Mm. Uh, on Facebook, Chris Lecoset Lecoset says Lecoset says Twisted Metal Two, 
I stopped by a friend's house and they were listening to some rock music as I walked in. Turns out it wasn't something on the radio, but CD quality sound. They had that system I heard about with those funny controllers. So we took turns playing until we got Mr. Slam's wonderful ending. A second controller showed up one day, and before long we learned every square inch of every level. I had to get a PlayStation. Once I found a demo kiosk at a store, I convinced my mom that Crash Bandicoot was the future, and we finally got it one day. Not for Crash, but for Twisted Metal 2 and Tomb Raider. I had heard something about nude codes in an EGM. I built my collection up and spent thousands of hours during my teen years solidifying the hobby as something that will always be a part of my life, and having friends over in my parents' basement damn near every day as we bonded over Tekken 3, Blitz 2000, and Austin Powers movies. Orlando Anaya says, In 1997, I had little interest in the PlayStation. I had a Saturn that I was disappointed with, and I really wanted a Nintendo 64. My parents were definitely not going to get me a new console that year because they just got me a Saturn the previous Christmas. Luckily, though, a local video store had an N64 they would rent out, and every so often, I would get my mom to rent it for me. One weekend, I went to the rental shop, and somebody else had rented the N64. So, they offered to rent me the PlayStation instead. I decided... Why not? Grabbed a game and looked that looked interesting, took it home, and set everything up, and that was when the intro to Wild Arms played. That was the year I discovered my love of JRPGs, and that was the moment I knew I had to get a PlayStation. Oh, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. He actually put a link to the Wild Wild Arms intro in there, but uh, I just a lot, had to lot of whistling. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yep. um, uh, we have a couple video responses. First comes from friend of the show Gallatin Carhart. Good morning, BGA. This is Gallatin Carhartt here. Just checking in with you. It's been a while. I'm here at the Bowling Green uh, Christmas Parade. I got crypto here. You see me and my Mr. Rogers. You hear Mr. Rogers back there? The neighborhood. We got all these kids up here. I am just answering this question, this week's question of the week. And the question being, what PlayStation game is the first one you played? Mine would have to be Kingdom Hearts. That's the first time. That's the only reason I first bought a PlayStation 2. And Kingdom Hearts was awesome. Loved it. Loved me some Disney. And uh, that's all I needed. That. Played two. Then I played other things. But Kingdom Hearts is what got me. Crypto's kind of a PlayStation player. But he's more of four. He digs four. You know. Anyways. Well, that's about it, fellas. Y'all take it easy. And ho- hopefully you'll be able to enjoy the parade. Take it easy. Bye. Wow, did I say Nico was overdoing it? <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> we we got to get him a lave mic or something, man. <laughs> uh, and finally, Red Rock nine six three, who says, "Hey VGA, it's Red Rock nine six three, joined by my per monster Alice on this lazy Sunday evening." And it occurred to me that pretty much every PlayStation purchase in my entire life has been motivated by a Final Fantasy game. The PS1 was Final Fantasy VII, mm. PS2 was Final Fantasy X, the PS3 was Final Fantasy XIII, and my husband actually bought me the special Final Fantasy XV edition of the PS4, mainly because he kind of wanted his PS4 back because I was playing the crap out of it. And yeah, um, I'm kind of glad that Squeenix jump, or well, Square back then jumped ship from Nintendo to PlayStation because it kind of introduced me to a whole swath of Japanese RPGs. 
And I think for the past 20 years, the PlayStation has been the JRPG system. Um, I own more Japanese RPGs than probably any other genre, so my PlayStation collection is huge. And I gotta say that the Switch is kind of slowly catching up on that. So, we'll see. Um, Love the PlayStation. Love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful week, and I'll catch you later. Thank you. Happy holidays, Red Rock. Yeah. yeah, how much money do you think – that was such a smart decision to put Final Fantasy on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Like, Because, okay, people talk really kind fondly about the SNES Final Fantasy games, but they were not in the public zeitgeist like 7 was. No, man. Like, no 7 made RPGs mainstream. It, it sold PlayStation. Like There was a mutually beneficial relationship with Sony, so mm-hmm. yeah, that was a yeah. huge deal. I cursed it at the time, but now I have to admit, like, yes, that was a good idea. Thank Absolutely. you for doing that. Yes, yeah. for sure. Uh, so new question of the week. What is your personal favorite new character from a game this year and why? Yeah. I, I'm going to say the goose, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I love the goose. The goose is a such a just button-eyed staring force of anarchy and chaos. It, it, has, it harbors such hidden malevolence. And uh, also, you can pick up a jar and honk into it, and it makes a burp, burp, burp sound instead of the usual honk. <laughs> yep, the sound in that game is actually really good. Yeah, the sound the sound design is is fantastic. Yeah. Like the the way that the music plays, just only to accompany your actions. The Mister Rogers music, I should yeah, point it out. It makes it makes it sound like a uh, like it's like a silent film where it's just kind of scoring the action. Uh, mine is from a little game that Michael and I loved mm-hmm. called katana zero oh yes That's and it is i don't even know his name i'm just going to call him the samurai the bathrobe samurai. the bathrobe samurai the reason i love him is he is an enigma mm-hmm. and, yes. he, and he's a bit of a blank slate character the whole game you're trying to figure out how you got there and why you behave a certain way but i just love that he goes through life in his bathrobe with his samurai sword Never really questioned. Like, someone just thinks he's cosplaying at one point. Mm-hmm. Goes in, and depending on how you play, either demands his meds or answers a series of questions to get his meds. And then goes and goes on mass murdering sprees in his bathrobe. <laughs> yeah, very... Comes home at the end of the day. And what's he settled down with, Michael? His cup of tea mm-hmm. to relax and go to bed. Yeah. Meets his little girl neighbor, says hello. Maybe watches some TV. Passes out on his couch listening to the neighbors next door partying. Mm-hmm. The samurai is just like, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's very compelling. You're like, what is, what's going on with this person? Are they crazy? Is this all in their head? Yeah. That game just drives you to keep playing to find out well, what the hell is up. He's very similar to Jacket in Hotline Miami yes. in that it's like, well, this character is sort of a blank slate, but he seems to live an interesting life and you sort of project certain qualities onto him. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it would be the Bathrobe Samurai from Katana Zero, my favorite new character of the year. As for me, uh, since we always skirted at BDO1, I'm struggling about this and I'm probably going to regret it, but I'm sorry, I like Cal Kestis. What? 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 I know everybody's like, oh, he's so white bread. He's so normal. And, uh, the and, ginger Jedi, Cal Kestis? Oh, he's so nice. And it's, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. And, it, and it's like, you know, he, he loves this little robot, but at the yeah. same time, he's kind of badass. And it's he's, like. And that, that's part of the reason I put BD1 on the list is because without BD1, Cal would be a very boring character. Yes. 
and true. He, but it, it bring it helps bring out the best of him. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's and, true. And I, and I think he kind of shows, you know, the real, you know, in the movies and stuff, you normally get to see the Jedi and stuff being as part, or they're sad about their order or something like that. But he stripped of all that. You kind of see what made them so noble in the first place. And I think he's a very good example of that. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, he is just, you know, kind of like a norm. It's sad that you have to say normal good guy because you can see mm-hmm. in that world and in the world around us, there aren't many people like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I like that he was always out to eat. He, even though when he doubted himself, he still just got out there and did it. You know, he, even when he was hiding, he never, you know, basically ignored his roots. He kept his lightsaber around and stuff. He was always willing to help people that, you know, out on the thing. And he was humble about his stuff. And I, I think he's a really good character and I just liked his goodness. And, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah. I also like his story in that it's like one of the few places where you see aliens speaking in English and acting like humans instead of just like rah, 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 rah. I'm speaking in it Greedo language whatever the fuck uh, <laughs> but yeah it's just, like his first friend is just that guy who's like oh come on you don't want to end up like me a yes. weird looking alien on this scrapping world <laughs> oh man Chris? I mean it's, it's the fucking goose like I, it wasn't just that like because I, I again, I don't like the game. I think as much as most people do. Uh, but um, well, you and Matt the the, the, <laughs> the the interest generated in it made made was one of those things that made me both annoyed and happy to live in game culture. Just because it was so, it was just so all over the place. Yeah, people giving a fuck about geese again. Mm-hmm. Weird. We all collectively had geese experiences after that. Yeah. If there's one thing I will give the goose game, it's that you can show it to any non-gamer and they immediately understand what's going on yes. and love yep. it and and want to control it. They're like, oh, let me let me play the goose. That's let me try point. the goose. You know, it's. I played that game in front of my whole family and they all got to participate. And like, yeah. what am I supposed to do? Like, try knocking that. Like shit, like that. It was it was great. And when else have you been able to say it has a honk button? <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I'm driving. Honk, honk, honk. God, I love that game. Yes. My, my Prius. <laughs> Just going to annoy the shit out of everyone on the road, like that episode of the Michael Richards show. Isn't that like one of the early episodes, like his horn was broken, or was that Seinfeld? Did anyone watch the Michael Richards show? You remember show? the, what are you the, talking the about? Like, I remember Richard commercials. He, wasn't he like a detective or something? Maybe. It might have just been a Seinfeld where his horn was broken, and it was just honking constantly. That sounds more like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, wh- who was your favorite new character of 2019? Let us know. Go to vidgegameapocalypse.com. Answer in the comments under episode 346. Alternately, hit us up on Twitter at VGApocalypse, uh, which is a great place to post videos, by the way. Or you can visit the official LaserTime community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Leif, uh... Where can people see your stuff? Hey, you can find me on Macworld.com. Uh, 
don't cover as many games as I'd like these days, but occasionally I write for PC World. I cover a lot of MMO stuff like World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XIV. So ch chiefly these days, if you don't tell me, you know, if you find me talking about games, that's what I'm talking about. Otherwise, I'm on Macworld talking about Mac stuff. I do write a lot about Apple Arcade. Apple Arcade is really good. I don't really feel like it's getting any attention it deserves. I was kind of skeptical about it at first, but I think it's a, actually a really good service. Also, I will talk about what I'm doing with games on Twitter sometimes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Leif Johnson. That's L. E-I-F, Johnson, regular old spelling of Johnson. Um, and uh, that's it. That's me. I'm, I'm very sad with Apple Arcade that I managed to finish Grindstone. And uh, I just uh, want to echo the words of Shuhei Yoshida when he, he said, Hey, Cappy, I finished all 150 levels. Please make another 150 for me to finish. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the game has an ending. That's how you know it's an arcade game and not yes. uh, free to play. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I just assumed it was a Candy Crush type thing. Yeah, so did I. Maybe it'll go on endlessly. It doesn't. Uh, that man's exhausted, though. Mm -hmm. He has to, you know, let's take yeah. a break. Yeah, so take a break. But uh, I, I want more, and I, I'm kind of like, oh, no, now do I play on my... I guess I'll just open Twitter again. I won't right. play a game. <laughs> let's play a game. Try not to get depressed reading Twitter. Yeah. I'm trying the, to cut back on Twitter. I actually game. almost thought of deleting my account recently, and you know what? I might have done do it if it. I didn't have a darn blue check. Do it. Yeah. I think they, I think they might yeah, have done it for me. I think they were talking about purging inactive accounts. I'm like, go the fucking, go the fuck ahead. I don't care. It's not good for my mental health. I have to, uh, yes. Yeah, man. Twitter blows. <laughs> like, why, why, I, I don't feel this sort of rage doing anything else in my life. Why does mm. this trigger this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't get I don't get yelled at by this many anime advertisers at any other platform. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, I've been running a series of polls on on Twitter at VG Apocalypse all about the Game Awards. Uh, so obviously, the Game Awards by the time you've heard this would have happened the night prior. Uh, on next week's show, we will be talking about the results and we'll be comparing them with your fan picks to see how you guys did. Hopefully yep. you didn't. And we'll be shouting, fix, fix, every time the results are different. Every time it's not Death Stranding. Every time the award is Death Stranding and they show a clip of <laughs> Jeff Keighley. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, so yeah, head on over there, check out to see those poll results, and then head on over to at Cheap Podcast, which is the official Twitter account of the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling, where co-host T.L. Foster and I talk all about... The WWE, the AEWs, the New Japan Pro Wrestlings, and yes, uh, this time we even talked about a little NWA and Ring of Honor. Uh, so yeah, we just put up a free episode where we were reviewing uh, NXT TakeOver War Games! War Games! As well as Survivor Series. Uh, we have some other fun stuff planned for before the end of the year. And then of course in January it is the Royal Rumble. We have that to look forward to. So you can bet we'll be doing shows around that. That is at Cheap Podcast. Uh, and hey, oh, oh, Laser Time's back, baby. And uh, yeah. I, I, if you like games, I, I do think you're going to like this episode. It was uh, put together hastily, but it took forever. But I don't think we've ever recorded a show this late and maybe drinkle in our lives. But it's it's pop culture through the, the lens of the NES. I think everyone I'm recording with is of a certain age. Nintendo is one of those things you were super obsessed with. Mm -hmm. So when you would... When you would see a property get licensed and put on the NES, you're like, oh, well, this is legit, I guess. I should maybe check out Bucky O'Hare or Gilligan's Island, <laughs> even though there's 30 years difference in between this production. And we try and go through the timeline of... The, basically, the question is, what is the oldest what is the oldest licensed game on the NES? And it does span a century yeah. of licensed entertainment 
and we try and come up with the equivalent. Like if a Rocky and Bullwinkle game in the NES is like if you had a Green Acres game on the PlayStation 4 today. Uh, and it's a bunch of fun sound effects, a bunch of fun uh, factoids about all this weird shit. But yeah, if you were a little uh, kid growing up with a Nintendo, like it kind of introduced you to an entire world of previously made entertainment, the likes of which only Cable had done for previous generations. So does that make sense? I, 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 don't I knew know. of Gilligan's Island and stuff before I had a Nintendo. You know what's interesting about that Gilligan's Island Nintendo game? Mm-hmm. It was designed by Human Entertainment, the company that went on to do the Clock Tower series. Like, but seriously, like, Fester's Quest, the Addams Family movie wasn't out yet. Like, we were introduced to the concept of the Addams Family through the NES, some of us. Well, I, you know, some of us had Nick at Night, and, uh... Right, but some of us didn't. And I remember and it was like, on daytime. That's, 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 I've never had it, I remember watching it Addams Family. Yeah, no, it was on daytime. Yeah, yeah it was on daytime. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was, but that's the thing, like, the NES was sort of like cable in that way. Yeah. That it had, it just, if, if, if you were a property worth a shit, you would have an NES game, and if you were pouring through it... it Nintendo Power, I'm like, who the fuck is Felix the Cat? Let me look into this. Hmm. And you, <laughs> you end up discovering a century-old cartoon character through the Nintendo. Anyway, uh, and then uh, I think stealing an idea from Michael and the rest of the internet, look forward to our Movie of the Decade podcast. Oh, yes. Another, del- yes, uh, uh, where we deliberate, who, uh, me and four panelists, what is the best movie of the decade? As a reminder, the 80s and, were uh, those Felix the Cat clocks were really popular. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the answer, of course, is anything with Timothée Chalamet. <laughs> so there is a giant Felix sign near my college, USC. It's, there's a Felix car dealership, and it just, yeah, for some it's still reason, there. has this giant neon Felix the Cat. It's the weirdest thing, huh. dude. You should read it. Like, it's an official thing. Like, they, they got permission back when it back in the day right. and they it's been there it's been there while Felix has been purchased by like 18 different companies yeah. it's remained on that auto mechanic place I love that thing We all, I always see it on the, the ride to E3 well, it's right across the street from the shrine too yeah it's right there so. mm. and uh, uh, patreon.com slash laser time Matt we're gonna do something soon right yes I, f- I forgot to mention that yeah uh, for cheap podcasts we have our Patreon exclusive shows at the $5 a month uh, or more level that you get exclusive access to the preview shows where I actually just debuted a brand new segment that moving forward will only be on the Patreon exclusive cheap podcast shows and that is 30 2010 wrestling edition where as we're previewing the pay-per-views we took a look back at that pay-per-view 30 20 and 10 years ago so we break down in our recent free episode to give you a little taste we break down what survivor series looked like in in 1989 1999 and 2009 and oh boy have things changed and 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 speaking of pluggery 30 2010 um i didn't know i could talk this long about avatar (laughs) but it turns (laughs) Turns out I can. Would anybody be interested in watching the Avatar movie with us live? Like rewatch? Who has watched Avatar in ten years? I have not seen it since I saw it in theaters in three D. Same. It's it's there on Disney Plus. I think it's worth a revisit. Uh, it's more about like it is anyone interested? No. Let me know. <laughs> Maybe tweet a uh, Cantista You're asking or the audience this. <laughs> yeah, uh, you too. Like I uh, like. I don't think Avatar deserves as much hatred as it gets. But you haven't watched it since it came out, have you? <laughs> yeah, but I've watched it. I've watched it like a, t- a lot. I watched. It, I saw it three, four times in theaters, uh-huh. and and so I, I have. I have. Def- I have. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Vivid memories of it, and I understand the criticism. But I think that's really more a result of like nobody wanted it representing 
the most popular, best, successful movie of all time. It will be interesting to see how your opinion evolves after you watch it again. <laughs> you know, I bet you could get Sam Worthington to watch that with you, because what the fuck else is Sam Worthington up to? <laughs> Oh, the unforgettable <laughs> Sam Worthington. Man, that guy must have had pictures of an executive because he had a really good three years. <laughs> it was in everything. Call of yeah. Duty to Terminator. Uh-huh. And oh. it, like, it, it, it got weird to the point where it's like, normally Australian people, when they're speaking with an American accent, they cover it up quite well. But like, if you concentrate, you can hear his coming through. Yeah, he's the movie star. None of us, had, nobody asked for it. Yeah, and none, nobody remembers. Anyway, that's been our show. As always, you can visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas and visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. It's a great place to leave comments. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Everybody's rolling, 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 rolling. I am Fred Dursting. It'd be really funny to film a NASA movie in the future. Everyone's like, are we rolling? We are full Durst, sir. We are- <laughs> full Durst. <laughs>